Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Hey, listeners, it's Ophira Eisenberg. So right now we are hard at work producing a brand new episode of Ask Me Another For You. So this week I wanted to share a favorite show of mine that we recorded last year in Dallas, Texas with musician Alejandro Escovedo. Enjoy. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Majestic Theater in Dallas, Texas, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. How fun is this? This is fun. So far, very fun. Dallas, very fun, very fun. So we have a great show for you. Oh my goodness, we have four brilliant contestants. They are gonna be up here plating our nerdy games. They're backstage right now. We hope it's gonna be Fort Worth their while. And one of them will become our big winner, yeah. So I learned that Dallas is the birthplace of frozen margaritas. And whiteout. What an excellent combination, truly. If only there was white out for the things that you do after a few frozen margaritas. What about those mistakes? Uh, yeah, so many things started here. Um, 7-Eleven started in Dallas. Laser tag. Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> Are we sure weed's not legal here? Or is Dallas just three toddlers in a trench coat? Is that what's going on? (laughs) We have an amazing guest for you on our show. Our uh, special guest is musician Alejandro Escovedo. And not only is he amazing, his family's amazing. His, uh, His niece is Sheila E. Yeah, I don't have a joke about that. I just think it's really cool. My nephew is Shane E. Uh, Sheila E. has played with Prince. Shane E. works at Jiffy Lube. It's pretty much the same thing. We have, uh, we have a whole bunch of great games. We have a game about wine descriptions. Uh, I'm a bit of a wine snob. I'm not going to lie, people. A bit of a wine snob. My favorite wine right now is the one I can reach from my bed. I feel like wine just gets a pass because it's classy, right? If someone drinks vodka every night, everybody's worried. (laughs) But someone has a Chardonnay every night and people are like, ooh, they're European. (laughs) How sophisticated. And then if you're over 40 and you're that person that's like, let's do shots, everyone's like, their marriage is not good. Their marriage is not good. Something happened there. Today we're also playing a game about buddy movies. You know, Jonathan and I have been developing a buddy movie. I play a loose cannon comic, and he plays a guy that's one week away from retirement and doesn't want any of my nonsense. That's right. I'm getting too old for this public radio show. (laughs) That's right. That's my catchphrase. (laughs) That's your catchphrase. It's called Ask Me Another Punk. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. 
Our first game is about wine. Remember, a game can only be called a trivia game if it's produced in the trivia game region of France. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Alice Zhu. You're a digital ad strategist. Uh, so you are behind those spooky ads that end up in my social media that I don't know how they got there? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah? That's me, sorry. Seriously? Yeah. How do they get there? Is my phone listening to me? Is that what's going on? It's more like whatever you think about, if you see the ad within four <laughs> to six business days, that's how you know it's working. That's how you know, you know, the app is really where it needs to be. So I should never accept cookies, ever, ever, ever. No, you should definitely just get off the internet. Just get off the internet. <laughs> Alice, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jeremy Kratz. You're a writer and have seven books out. I do, yeah. You have in your possession a very interesting family heirloom. It's your family's hair book. It's the hair book, yeah. It's the hair book. It's a very lovely uh, handmade book that is full of little braids or locks of hair from everyone on my mom's side of the family, dating back to, like, the early 19th century. Wow. That's crazy. It's, it's a really great conversation piece. <laughs> so, how, I mean, how many pages of hair oh, it's, are it's there? Oh, it's more of a hair binder, Hi, really, hair binder. I guess. Okay. So, uh, you know, folder-sized, <laughs> open it up, you can it's see, a hair, ah, It's a hair trapper keeper? It is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if only Lisa Frank could get her hands on this. Yeah. Fantastic. Jeremy, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Allison, Jeremy, whoever has more points after two games will move on to our final round. So every once in a while, one of our game writers pitches us a game that is just so incredibly weird, we just have to do it, and this is one of those games. <laughs> it's called Yellow Rosé of Texas. We imagined what if famous Texas locations were also wineries. So we are going to give you a description of a signature vintage wine. You are going to ring in and tell us where it would come from. Okay, here we go. The Rotunda Rosé has a stately mouthfeel with notes of pink granite. You'll know this vintage by its label, which features the Goddess of Liberty holding a sign that reads, Keep it weird. Alice. Uh, the Capitol Building at Austin? Texas. That is correct. Yes, the Texas State Capitol Building in Austin. Perfect. A wine for the whole family. Our amusement port will cause a reverse blast of flavor, ending in a shockwave of taste. Truly a titan of the wine world. It's now available at 11 locations nationwide. Pairs perfectly with a funnel cake and a corn dog. Alice. The Six Flags Over Texas? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Open that giant retractable roof and let this wine breathe. It won a lot of championships in the 90s, after all. Our Landry Lombrusco is quite tannic, so it'll dry out your mouth and turn it into a cotton bowl. Alice. The cotton bowl at the Fair Park? Dallas, Texas? Mm. No, but I like how you just jammed in as many words in there. <laughs> Hoping that a, some combination. I hoped one of the yeah, many. Right, right, exactly. Right. No, yes. that's good. Uh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Uh, would that be where the Cowboys play, AT&T Stadium? That would be. Yeah. Congratulations, yes. 
The Chinati Chianti is dry, high desert dry, with a minimalist taste inspired by the art installations in this small town. Its opulent flavor profile is a commentary on luxury and consumerism, like the nearby Prada store sculpture. Jeremy. Marfa. Marfa is correct. I recently learned that it's not just someone making fun of the name Martha. (laughs) (laughs) This is your last clue. With grapes coming from 15 miles of orchards, this tree-lined vineyard's house wine, Water Taxi White, boasts a crisp high note of wafting restaurant smells with undertones of rich sediment-infused mud. Alice. The Riverwalk, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, that is correct. Great game and close game, but Alice is in the lead. Our next game is about cliffhangers and... The classic soap opera Dallas features some of the most famous cliffhangers of all time. Who shot J.R.? Bobby Ewing turning out to be alive after being dead for a season. So in this game, I'm going to play you a clip of a famous TV cliffhanger. You just tell me the name of the show. And the points are doubled. Here we go. You know that thing where your boss gets absorbed into an evil alien collective? I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Jeremy. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation? Yes. A character makes a tough decision at high school graduation. Stay with her goofy boyfriend or go to Yale. Mr. Feeney said I should go to Yale unless I have a really good reason not to. Well, there isn't any good reason. Actually, there is. Will you marry me? Jeremy. Is it Gilmore Girls? <laughs> wow. <laughs> can, we, can we get a medic out there? Somebody, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody's had their mind blown and I their know. heart broken at the same time. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You may have guessed. Alice, can you steal? Glee? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was Topanga proposing to Corey in Boy Meets World. Oh. oh. This CW show echoed two Dallas cliffhangers in one finale with a mystery surrounding a character named JR and another character's dead ex turning out to be alive. That line before. Rose didn't tell me about my parents. Okay, what did she tell you? Surprise! Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Could we get a hint, maybe? (laughs) Uh, Stars Gina Rodriguez, Alice. She, um, she's like a, she, she, mm-hmm. uh, she's at the hotel, it's, uh, Jane the Virgin? Yeah, okay, that's yes. right. 
Jane the Virgin, a show, a statement, a taunt. This is your last clue. This sitcom's producers said this moment was inspired by an actual slip-up David Schwimmer made. I, Ross, take thee, Emily, take thee, Rachel. Jeremy. Friends. Yeah, that's right. So close, and after two games, Jeremy is going to the final round. Coming up, Alejandro Escovedo, who was in the punk group The Nuns, will be here. The Nuns is a great name for a punk group because they both wear black outfits and intimidate me. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Jeremy. Friends. Yeah, that's right. So close. And after two games, Jeremy is going to the final round. Coming up, Alejandro Escovedo, who was in the punk group The Nuns, will be here. The Nuns is a great name for a punk group because... They both wear black outfits and intimidate me. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. Here at Planet Money, we bring complex economic ideas down to earth. We find weird, fun, interesting stories that explain the way money shapes our lives. Inflation, recessions, the price of gas, we've got you. Listen now to the Planet Money podcast from NPR. This is Ask Me, another NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia coming to you from Dallas, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's a singer and songwriter whose career has spanned almost 45 years. His latest album is called The Crossing. Please welcome Alejandro Escovedo. Beautiful place. I know. It's gorgeous. Uh, this theater is amazing. Uh, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you so much for joining well, thank us. Thank you for having me. I mean, your life story is quite amazing. You were one of 12 kids 
Uh, 13, 13. actually. Yeah. There's a new kid I did there not know about. There's a lost kid, yeah. It's a lost kid. We just found him recently, actually. <laughs> Eight of you became professional musicians? I'm sorry? Eight of you became... Eight professional musicians. So yeah. what was it about the atmosphere in your house that was so creative, I imagine, that created eight professional musicians? Well, my mother and father, uh, my father was, uh, you know, a man who came from Mexico. He came from Saltillo. He crossed when he was 12. He loved music, and he played guitar, very, you know, kind of very punk rock Ooh. guitar player yeah. in a way, but uh, very crudely. But um, he loved to sing, he loved to dance, and he thought of himself as a crooner, so there was always mu music in our family. And the five others that didn't become musicians, what do they do? Oh, you know, they, they have great jobs, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're the ones who made the money in the family. <laughs> they're fine. They're doing fine. Yeah. But you didn't just end up being a musician. You started um, in a very unconventional way. You were a filmmaker. You're living in San Francisco. It's 1975. And you um, start playing in a band, from what I understand, not by wanting to play in a band, you were making a film about the worst band yeah. ever. Yes. This is a film that you were writing and putting together right. with some yeah, other people. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you just decide to cast yourself. Well, we thought we looked really cool, so yeah, we thought we'd be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and since we couldn't play, we figured we were perfect for the roles, you know. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you start playing and you just... You're... Well, we were fortunate in that punk rock kind of happened at the same time. Right? Okay. So punk 75. rock happened. And punk rock was really more about expression than it was about technical ability. So... <laughs> <laughs> so here we are 45 years later. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it was a wonderful introduction to all of that. Yeah. The only claim to fame for the nuns really was uh, we opened up for the last Sex Pistols show in San Francisco. And that's when we uh, decided we would go to New York and we lived at the Chelsea Hotel. Oh my God. And Sid Vicious came to hang out with us the night of the Winterland gig in San Francisco. And so when I was living in the Chelsea Hotel in New York, uh, they became my neighbors, Sid and Nancy. You know. How long did you live at the Chelsea Hotel? Oh, about a year and a half or okay. so. Okay, yeah. with Sid and Nancy still there. Uh, well, Nancy eventually left, of course. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. But, but, and you were there? Yes. Oh, wow. I lived there. I remember, I never, I'll never forget that day. It was quite an impressive, you know, day in my life because uh, I came up out of the subway at 7th and 23rd and walked towards the Chelsea and uh, uh, we couldn't get in. And a friend of mine uh, was standing outside, asked him what happened. Yeah. And uh, he said, they say that Sid killed Nancy, you know. And that was kind of the end of that group of people living at the Chelsea. Sure. Yeah. So you go from the nuns, you are in a cowpunk band, rank and file, uh, and then later the True Believers, and then in the early 90s, you decide you're going solo. I went solo. Now, during a show in 2002, you're touring constantly, and then there's a, a show in 2002 where you actually collapse on stage yep. because you are experiencing internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, in three separate places in your body? Yes. I mean, leading up to that, did you have any idea that you were maybe not well, feeling well? Here's or? what happened exactly. Um, I was sure it was the late 90s, actually, and I began to get very, very tired and very sick, you know. And so I went to a doctor in Austin, and at that time they didn't know what hepatitis C was. They called it non-A, not B. 
And when I last saw her, she told me, I'm going to tell you what I tell my AIDS patients, and that's to go out and just live the best life that you can, you know. So I was depressed. Oh, and my gosh. The more I read about this stuff, the more all I read was that I was going to die very soon, right, you know. In 2002, like you said, uh, I was doing a play based on my father's life oh. called By the Hand of the Father. We were in uh, Tempe, Arizona, and that's when it all really kind of came crumbling down. Um, through some kind of miracle, I found Tibetan medicine. I found these monks that were traveling through, and I started to take Tibetan medicine. It kept me alive up until about four years ago when they finally came up with a medicine that has 98% success rate, 99. And I took it, and I no longer have hepatitis C, but that all happened here in Dallas. Whoa. So you said that you wanted your latest album called The Crossing to sound like Texas. Very much so, because the story is about two young boys. One is from Italy. His name is Salvo, and he's from southern Italy in Calabria, Puglia. And the other boy's name is Diego, who's from Saltillo in the state of Coahuila in northern Mexico. And they both meet, uh, these are young boys, and they both meet while they're working at Salvo's uncle's Italian restaurant in Galveston, Texas, is where they meet. And while they're working in the kitchen there, they begin to discuss all the things they love about America. And they find that they share a passion for American punk rock music is what they love. I mean, the album is a narrative arc, just as you described. It sounds somewhat biographical. It is very much in that I wrote this with my, uh, the other uh, writer with me was Antonio Gramantieri, who's from a band called Don Antonio. So I used an all-Italian band, yeah, and I recorded it in Italy, you know. And, uh, but yes, it's very much the aesthetic kind of uh, values that they go in search of are very much our own, yes. So you go to Italy to record an album with an <laughs> about Italian Texas. band about Texas. Yes, and it was... <laughs> I know that's kind of backwards, but... uh, I don't know. It might be exactly. (laughs) But um, it seemed to work for us in that Antonio came to Dallas and stayed with me. Mm -hmm. And we went and hit the back roads of of Texas uh, in my pickup truck and stopped at a lot of restaurants and ate and, and met a lot of people here in Dallas, too, who were dreamers. And we interviewed them and we uh, listened to their stories and a lot of their stories help shape the record and the songs. That's very cool. Alejandro, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? I'm sorry? Would you like to play an Ask Me Another game with uh, me? Yes, I would. Of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. So you're going to play a, a version of one of our favorite guessing games. It's called This, That, or The Other. It's very simple. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase, and you just have to tell me which of three categories it falls into. Okay. Is it surfing lingo, the name of a French New Wave film, or a band featuring one of your brothers? Okay. I don't know about the 13th one. I have no idea. Okay, we call it epic wave, new wave, or sound waves. Beautiful. And if you do well enough, listener Andy Colvin from Fort Worth, Texas, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Okay, here we go. Surf term, French film, or brother band. Azteca. That's my brother's band. (laughs) That's your brother's band. That's right. 
Uh, which brother is this? That, well, actually two of them, Pete and Coke Escoedo, yeah. And what kind of band is it? It was a great, one of those great Chicano rock bands from the 70s. Big band, very large band. They made great records. They were wonderful. Contemporaries of Malo and uh, Santana, you know, those bands. Yeah, yeah. correct. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You're doing great. Yeah. Lola. Lola was a French New Wave film. Yes, it yeah. was a French New Wave yeah. film. Jacques Demi? Yeah, Jacques Demi, that's right. Uh, About a bored young man. Yeah, bored young man who falls in love with... uh, I believe it was about a girl that he had met earlier in life and then falls in love with her again. Yeah. 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 It happens. The one that got away. The one that got away, exactly. How about tail slide? Tail slide's a surfing uh, maneuver. You're correct. I like the way you said maneuver. A surfing, it's not a surf term, it's a surfing maneuver. Uh, all right, you tell me, what is the maneuver? Well, I mean, it's a trick that you do. You know, you slide the tail of the board so that you turn or whatever. To, to like slip down the wave yeah, on yeah, the side down, kind of tail thing? tail slide, yeah. Mm, very cool. How about M80? M80, um, wow, M80. Surf term, brother band, or French New Wave film? Wow, it's not my brother's. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to take a wild guess. Is, is it a surfing term? <laughs> well, according to what we have right here, it's a brother band. <laughs> this is the band that your brother Mario was in prior to his time with the Dragons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's the funny thing about a large family, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't keep up with all yeah, of Yeah, we called him, and he says, you don't call him. That's hilarious. <laughs> Breathless. That's a French New Wave film. Yes. Uh, Jean-Luc Godard. Jean-Luc Godard, that's yeah. correct. Uh, it is about a thief who thinks he's Humphrey Bogart type. Yeah, Belmondo. Belmondo. Jean-Paul Belmondo. But uh, he just sucks at being a criminal. Yes, He's he not is. good. He looks great, though. Well, that's... Very stylish. Very stylish. Yeah. This is your last clue. Caught inside. Uh, that's a surf term. That is a surf term. Yeah. 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 So basically, you got them all right. Uh, and we, we'll except get, for my brothers. Except for your brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll, I would, I'll pay for that later. I would say... I would say we would cut it out, but I really am going to fight to keep that in. No Christmas present for him. (laughs) Congratulations, Alejandro. You and listener Andy Colvin both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Alejandro will be back later in the show to play another game. Give it up for Alejandro Escovedo. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is inspired by things Debbie does. I can tell you one thing I bet she's never done, the dishes. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Giovanni Camogno. You teach in a kids' theater program, and 
You're a simulated patient actor. I used to do this in Toronto. If you don't know what a simulated patient actor is, is that you uh, are dealing with med students and you get to pretend to be a patient of all kinds of different sorts uh, yes. for testing purposes right. and learning purposes. Okay. Yes. So what are some of the, your favorite uh, patient roles? I mean, the herpes one is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong. It's so you, just, you have to be embarrassed? How do they tell you to uh, structure that character? Um, one version, we were more nervous and had a difficult time talking about it. Another one, we just outright about it and seeing how the students respond. Yeah, and how, how do the students respond? <laughs> Pretty consistently. Yeah, the, uh, the eyes getting big was always <laughs> the first thing you see. And then, uh, uh okay. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Giovanni, when you ring in, we will hear this. Your opponent is Gavin Maestas. You program machines used in the mining industry. Okay, so what is the most underrated mineral? Um, I'd have to say lithium. Lithium? Uh, yeah. I, I would say because uh, most of the people that are on it, are, they're either up or down, you know, so it's, it's a lot of mixed reviews when it comes to lithium. <laughs> It's a good mining industry joke, I bet, right? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Gavin, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Giovanni and Gavin, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Dallas, your city is in the three-word alliterative title of a very famous movie that only grown-ups are allowed to watch. <laughs> so this word game is our attempt to bring some wholesome wordplay to Dallas. Every answer is three words, a famous person's name, a verb, and a city. All three words begin with the same letter. For example, if I said, the host of Ask Me Another can't stop gawking at the most populous city in Nebraska, you would answer, Ophira Ogles Omaha. It's true. I love a steak. You do love a steak. <laughs> Ring in to answer, and here we go. The 2018 Sexiest Man Alive and Star of The Wire and Luther draws pictures for a storybook about the biggest city in Turkey. Giovanni. Idris illustrates Istanbul. Yeah, you got it. Lizzie McGuire gains unauthorized access to computer data in the Vietnamese city formerly known as Saigon. Gavin. Hillary Hacks Hanoi. I'm sorry, we cannot accept that. That is not what we're looking for. Giovanni, do you know the answer? Uh, Hillary Hacks... So far, so good. <laughs> All I got is Hong Kong. We were looking for Hillary Hacks Ho Chi Minh City. The pop star, formerly known as Posh Spice, administers immunizations in the British Columbia city nicknamed Hollywood North. Giovanni. Victoria vaccinates in Vancouver. Yeah, that's right. This Food Network regular and syndicated talk show host takes a break and spends all day laying out on the Copacabana beach. Giovanni. Uh, okay, again, I feel like I know too. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so Rachel relaxes. Uh, that's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I have to go over to Gavin. Gavin, do you know the answer? I mean, I'll have to thank Giovanni for this, but it's going to be Rachel relaxes in Rio. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. This is your last clue. The UK's second female prime minister provokes involuntary laughter through touch in Japan's capital. Gavin. That's going to be Teresa Tickles, Tokyo. Yes. That might be preferred foreign policy. Okay. (laughs) Great game. And we have a tie. If you purposely failed an eye exam as a child so you could get glasses, you should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org and find out how to be a contestant. Coming up, Alejandro Escovedo is back to play a fun game about injuries. Also, our final round is about calculators. It's dedicated to all of our high school math teachers who said that we needed to learn mental math because we wouldn't always have access to a calculator. (laughs) Joke's on you. Joke's on you. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. From the campaigns to the conventions, from now through Election Day and beyond, the NPR Politics Podcast has you covered. As Joe Biden and Donald Trump square off again, we bring you the latest news from the trail and dive deep into each candidate's goals for a second term. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast every weekday. What does it sound like to record an album inside a jail? On the documentary podcast, Track Change, you'll hear four men make music inside Richmond City Jail and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Listen to Track Change from Narratively and VPM, part of the NPR Network. You care about what's happening in the world. Let State of the World from NPR keep you informed. Each day, we transport you to a different point on the globe and introduce you to the people living world events. We don't just tell you world news, we take you there. And you can make this journey while you're doing the dishes or driving your car. State of the World podcast from NPR. Vital international stories every day. This is NPR's Ask Me Another, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Giovanni and Gavin. Our next game is about buddy movies like Pride and Prejudice. Those guys (laughs) loved each other. (laughs) Giovanni, you also do some dialect coaching for actors. So you're just basically teaching people how to do um, accents? Yes, exactly. Okay, so if I come to you and I'm like, "Uh, I'm I'm trying to audition for a role, I have to be a um, Bostonian, Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. what, what would you tell me to focus on? So the, the big part of it is doing research. So I would do that and okay. then tell you what to do. All right. <laughs> if I told you I wanted to come off like a Dallas native, what mm-hmm. would you tell me to do? Oh, um, I was going to say uh, feel a little uppity. Uppity. <laughs> Gavin, you used to be a person who jumped out of planes in the army. 
That is correct. Mm -hmm. And you also traveled as an a cappella singer while in the service. That is also correct. Would you jump out of a plane with a bunch of people and start singing? Not exactly. That would never happen. (laughs) Okay. How does one end up um, going around singing a cappella in service? It was a voluntold assignment. Yeah. Uh, I showed up to work one day and they say, hey, you're going to go try out for this uh, special duty. And. I was like, I don't even know what it is, but sure, why not? Uh, so I had to go into my first sergeant's office and, and sing a tune. And he said, uh, hey, that was pretty good. Would you like to go try out for this? So, <laughs> and the rest is history. We traveled around the, the U.S. just doing uh, kind of morale-boosting shows yeah. and um, singing at NFL games and NASCAR and uh, National Anthem, et cetera, you know. Did your group have a name? Because I love the names of a cappella groups. Yes, we were the 82nd Airborne Division All-American Chorus. (laughs) That is a kick-ass name. (laughs) What was the name of the one you were in at Yale? Uh, The Whiff and Poofs. (laughs) Similar weight, similar weight. Similar weight. (laughs) This game is called Buddies Hollywood. We rewrote songs by Texas native Buddy Holly to make them about... Buddy movies. Ring in and identify the movie, and if you get that right for a bonus point, you can give me the name of the song. Okay, and whoever wins goes to our final round, and whoever loses is going to become my emergency contact. (laughs) Here we go. Well, old west action with a steampunk bent. A robot spider takes the president, and a Will Smith wrote a goofy theme song. Bad script made the movies seem long. I think you can safely skip this one. Gavin. To me, Wild West. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West is correct. <laughs> yeah. For a bonus point, can you name the song? I have no idea. Okay, that's all right. It's called Rave On. Here's your next one. High school sucked, but we're in luck. We'll pretend we made big bucks inventing post-its Inventing post-it notes Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho Janine Garofalo invented faster burning smokes Giovanni Romy and Michelle's high school reunion That's right Yeah Uh, For bonus point, can you name the song? I cannot That's a... Oh boy This audience is very easily disappointed (laughs) Yeah uh, Peggy Sue is the name of that one. Sit, speak, stay. Sure could use a trainer. Solving crimes for us is a no-brainer. I'm a cop and you're a mastiff stray. A hey, a hey, hey. Giovanni. Oh, uh, Turner and Hooch? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> For a bonus point, can you name the song? No. Mm. <laughs> That's every day. Here's your next one. Bye, Felicia, is what I said. At 10 o'clock, I might be dead. Is Chris Tucker really buddies with Ice Cube? Gavin. Friday? Yeah, you got it. For a bonus point, can you name the song? Is it Little Darling? No, it is not. It is Maybe Baby. You had the right number of syllables, however. (laughs) 
No doubt about it. They know their buddy movies. No doubt about it. Zero Buddy Holly. Zero Buddy Holly information. (laughs) (laughs) This is your last clue. Well, a couple of friends get in a car and a couple of friends shoot a guy at a bar. A couple of friends meet a hot young Brad Pitt and then they drive their car off a cliff. Giovanni. Thelma and Louise. That's right. And to avoid disappointing the audience, can you name the song? Not a chance. Okay. Wow. It's getting real in here. Yeah, it sure is. That was called That'll Be the Day. Afira, how did our contestants do? Wow. It was a close game. You're both amazing. And Giovanni is going to our final round. Our final round is coming up, but first, let's play another game with our special guest, Alejandro Escovedo. Welcome back. Thank you so much. So, Alejandro, before the show, we asked you, what are you into? And you told us that you are a huge baseball fan. I am. Okay, so I have to tell you, I'm not really into baseball. (laughs) Why Should I get into it? Can Can you give me a selling point why I should watch... Oh, it's a great American sport. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. classic, uh, along with, in my opinion, along with rock and roll, jazz, and, and you know, gospel music, country music, baseball's right up there. Okay, yeah. so just if, yeah, <laughs> it's part of the fabric. It is, okay. very much so. So we wrote a quiz about the more dangerous side of professional sports. Mm-hmm. As you know, one injury can derail a major leaguer's career, but no matter how careful players are, even millionaire athletes in peak physical condition can hurt themselves in dumb and mundane ways. So we're going to ask you a multiple-choice question about a baseball player. Okay. You identified the real baseball injury that happened off the field. Okay. Okay, here's your first one. In 2006, the Detroit Tigers' Joel Zemea injured his wrist by doing what activity too much? He is a baseball player after all. (laughs) A, writing short stories on his vintage typewriter. (laughs) B, arm wrestling with his teammates. Or C, playing guitar hero. Wow. I would say guitar hero. Yeah, you're correct. That's right. A matter of fact, in the credits of Guitar Hero 2, there's a message uh, basically (laughs) saying that Zumea had it coming. (laughs) <laughs> in 2002, why was Marty Cordova scratched from the Baltimore Orioles lineup? A, he pulled his hamstring while stretching to prevent pulling his hamstring. <laughs> B, he fell asleep in a tanning bed and suffered a burn to his face. Or C, he got food poisoning at a crab boil. <laughs> I'm going to say the tanning salon. Yeah, that's correct. While playing for the Toronto Blue Jays in August of 1993, all-time stolen base king Ricky Henderson missed three games in a row. Why? He fell asleep with an ice pack on his foot and suffered frostbite. (laughs) 
He tried poutine for the first time and discovered <laughs> that he had a gravy allergy. <laughs> he dislocated his shoulder doing the Macarena. I think the, the dancing did it. The dancing? Yeah. Dislocated shoulder doing the Macarena? I wish it was something fun. <laughs> he fell asleep with an ice pack on his foot. That's crazy. I know. How tired are you? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> In June of 1986, the Red Sox's Wade Boggs had a chance of hitting over a 400 batting average, which I'm told is very good. Very good. Very good. But it was cut short when he fell and bruised his ribs. What happened? A, he lost his balance while taking off cowboy boots. B, after a long flight, he fell asleep waiting for his checked luggage and passed out onto the baggage claim carousel. (laughs) C, he choked on a small chicken bone and had to perform the Heimlich maneuver on himself. I say A. Yes, A. He lost his balance while taking off cowboy boots. I'm sure this happens, right? You use one foot to pry off the other boot, uh, and he lost his balance trying to do that, and then he fell onto the arm of a couch. (laughs) He was taking his shoes off and he fell on a couch. That's how he... That's an unfortunate injury. This is your last clue. In 1990, slugger Glenn Allen Hill injured himself at night. What happened? A, he was having a nightmare about spiders and sleepwalked into a glass table. B, one of his smoke detectors started chirping because of a low battery and he fell off a swivel chair while trying to replace it. Or C, he was grabbing a midnight snack and somehow closed the refrigerator door on his thumb. I say C. That's a good guess. I'm sorry, it's incorrect. He was having a nightmare about spiders. Oh, no. <laughs> and he walked into a table. Uh, that's great, though. He's scared of us. He, is, he hates spiders. Well, he's scared of them. He doesn't even know if he hates them. <laughs> Alejandro, you did great. Thank you so much. Alejandro's latest album, The Crossing, is out right now. Give it up for Alejandro Escovedo. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists. Jeremy Kratz, who has a Lisa Frank trapper keeper full of his ancestors' hair. And Giovanni Camagno, who helped train medical students by pretending to have herpes. <laughs> Jeremy Giovanni, Dallas is home to Texas Instruments, the company who brought us the handheld LCD calculator, or as I call it, 1988's iPhone. So your final round is called 531 <laughs> Yeah, turn that upside down. And it is a very old-fashioned sext. (laughs) Every answer in this game can be spelled on a traditional LCD calculator by turning it upside down. (laughs) And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Alejandro Escovedo. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Giovanni is going first. Here we go. Giovanni. This word-finding tabletop game uses 16 dice and a three-minute timer. Word-finding game with dice is what's stumping me. 16 dice. And a three-minute timer. Three three seconds. That's a lot of dice. I don't know. (laughs) 
We were looking for Boggle. Jeremy, the name of this construction toy comes from the Danish for play well. Lego? That is correct. Giovanni, the name of this fashion magazine means she in French. L. That is correct. Jeremy, homophones of this word include a music genre and the capital of South Korea. Three seconds. Sorry, we were looking for soul. Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? They are tied one to one, Afira. Giovanni, the Erdafel is the earliest known example of this object and did not include the Americas. <laughs> uh, first of all, this object, the map. Good guess. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. We were looking for globe. Jeremy, the famous drawings of a swoosh and a bitten apple and the golden arches are all famous examples of this. A logo. That is correct. Giovanni, Matt Damon bought one of these in a 2011 film. (laughs) Uh, 2011, Matt Damon... He bought something. That's all we know. Okay. Um, Three seconds. A book. (laughs) Good guess. We were looking for zoo. Jeremy, it's Deuce Bigelow's profession. Gigolo. That is correct. All right. We're halfway through. Jonathan, what's going on? Well, Jeremy's in the lead three to one. Giovanni, this fantasy character was played by Ian Holm and Martin Freeman. Bilbo. That is correct. Jeremy, in Western astrology, it's the sign for people born between July 23rd and August 22nd. Three seconds. Uh, Libra. (laughs) Good guess. I'm sorry. We were looking for Leo. Giovanni, the title character of this K. Thompson book has the motto, Getting Bored is Not Allowed. (laughs) Just shaking your head. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Close. We were looking for Eloise. Jeremy, this Phyllis Reynolds Naylor book about a beagle won the 1992 Newbery Medal. Oh, God, the kidlet community is going to kill me. (laughs) Shiloh? That is correct. All right, there's only a few questions left. Jonathan, what's the score? Here's the situation, Ophira. Jeremy is now in the lead 4-2, to so Giovanni, if you get this question wrong, Jeremy wins the game. Giovanni, cartoonist Bill Watterson famously won't allow merchandise of this tiger character. Hobbs. That is correct. Jeremy, if you get this question right, you win. Jeremy, the corps anglais is the larger relative of this double reed woodwind instrument. The oboe? That is correct. Well done. Close game, and congratulations. Jeremy, you're our winner. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. 
Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Sean Gull, Andrew Kane, and Scott Ross, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts, Kara Weinberger, and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff. Me Tika Fez. Travis Larchuk. Kiara Powell. Lowlier Parka. Nancy Seychow, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Natalie Hatayan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. We'd like to thank the Majestic Theater in Dallas. The Rich Jet C- Mate. K-E-R-A. Break. Our production partner, WNYC, and our live event sponsor, Weston Hotels and Resorts. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Happy to hear you're still listening, and since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Hey, listeners, next time, Ask Me Another continues. That's right, we're coming to you once again from the sweet comforts of our personal digs. So get ready for another new episode full of the same comedy and trivia you love, just cozier. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. With more and more information coming at you all day every day, it can be hard to know where to focus. The new Consider This newsletter from NPR can be that focus. Every weekday afternoon, we take one of the day's biggest stories and break it down in a simple, skimmable format so you can get a better grasp of one important topic and what it means for you in a couple of minutes. Sign up for free at npr.org slash consider this newsletter. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant, and we have new topics, new voices, and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity don't begin or end with the news cycle. That's because we know race and identity impact every person and influence every story. We're getting into all of it with new voices each week on the Code Switch podcast from NPR.